Hello, fantasy football community. It's your host, Nate McAllister, and joined as always by James Boogie Borges here for another Fantasy On Tap podcast, a podcast where we talk about fantasy football and beer. Uh, James, what's going on? How did you enjoy the first week of football? Really enjoyable. I got to see the Dallas Cowboys absolutely destroy the New York Giants, put them in their grave like I knew they would. Rest in peace, Eli Manning. I'm probably never going to see you again. And just a quick shot. Big fathead Whelan. Fathead. Didn't start Austin Eckler this week. He told me to mention him on the podcast. There you go, fathead. <laughs> uh, you sound like you're a little, still a little upset about that. This week, we're going to be talking about our waiver wire targets. Um, on our waiver wire targets, remember, we're talking primarily about half point per reception. And uh, I, we're only going to be talking about waiver wire targets that are owned in 50% or less of leagues. Um, and what we're using is the ESPN percentage owned because so, that's a pretty big format. So um, 50% and under ESPN, half point per reception. Um, the beer we're talking about today is going to be the Firestone Walker Brewing Company's um, Mind Haze. <laughs> if you have not tried this beer, Go out and try it. It is absolutely delicious. I mean, I love the 805 by uh, Firestone Walker Brewing Company. But uh, last weekend, I went down to see my father, and we uh, we grabbed a six-pack of this. Um, it's awesome. 6.2 ABV. It's out of California. Um, just a delicious beer. I can taste like really – it's not super fruity, but you can taste fruity notes, which um, I really like. Super smooth. Great when it's cold. Um, just an awesome beer. I tried to get James to uh, have one the other day um, when he came over for a baby shower that he was attending, and uh, he was reluctant because of a piece of gum. Can you explain to the people why you would not try the beer because you had the piece of gum? <laughs> Just put a fresh piece of gum in my mouth, and uh, I had that fresh taste, and I didn't want to ruin it. Well, not the taste, but the actual taste of the beer. And I took the piece of gum out, and then I think I just forgot to ask you to try the beer, to be honest. <laughs> well, um, you missed out for sure. Um, I drank – it came in a nice little sixer. Uh, I drank it all. It was great. Um, Firestone Walker, keep doing the damn thing. That beer was amazing. All right. Enough about the beer. Yeah. Let's get into our fantasy waiver wire pickups. Uh, we're going to start off with the running backs. Um, first off – after the uh, unfortunate injury to Darius, my favorite guys, um, Adrian Peterson, he should be hot. He, should, he, didn't, he was a healthy scratch to the roster for the Redskins, but he should be added in pretty much every league. Um, I know that the running game looked pretty, uh, you know, kind of piss poor over there um, in Washington, but I think this man should definitely be owned in every league now that he's going to get the bulk of the carries. We don't know the extent of Geis' injuries, but – um, currently his percentage owned is like under 2% in most leagues. So, um, he should, he should be a heavy target. I'm not saying that I would maybe waste my number one waiver priority unless you're maybe like a guy's owner, but, uh, he is, he sh you should, if you have a mid round waiver priority or, um, if you're playing fab, you know, throw some bucks at him because he should, he had a really good year last year and I could see him, you know, carrying on from that. James, any, uh, any likes or dislikes about my boy AP? 
Uh, no, all day Adrian Peterson. He needs to be picked up by somebody in every single fantasy format. Um, Darius Geis hurt his knee, not the one he injured last year with the torn ACL. But he's, uh, from every report that I've read, he's expected to miss a good amount of time. Um, you need to pick up AP. Yeah. Um, second man on the list, we got Rojo, Ronald Jones. Um, Ronald Jones! Yeah. Dude, I don't know. I was watching this game, and Ronald Jones, um, he's currently owned in 40.6% of the leagues. Um, he was on the field only 31% of the time, which is kind of bad because uh, he was splitting carries with Peyton Barber and then that other guy that they have over that they're running like as a third down back. Um, so it was like an even split of like 31 to 33, and I don't remember what the other dude got, but it was, it was pretty uh, even. But Jones looked like the best back by far. Only thing is he hasn't really shown that he can catch a football, but he was just ramming dudes. He didn't show much elusiveness, but he put his head down and just slammed into mothers. So he ran hard. He had 13 rushes for 75 yards. One reception he turned in for 18 yards. So, I mean, that was 93 total yards, which is a pretty good day. He didn't get into the end zone. But it's a solid day, and when the running backs are so scarce out there this week um, – He's, I think, a guy that I would throw a mid-round um, target on or, you know, a little bit of my fab book at it. You got anything on Rojo? Uh, Rojo definitely looked like the number one back in that muddled backfield. Um, he's worth the pickup if you're in a deeper league and you need a fringe starter or maybe a flex starter. Uh, stat lines aren't too crazy, 13 for 75. But um, with that kind of start, I, I expect him to get even more of the load in his next start. So hopefully he can hit that century mark. If he scores you a touchdown with that same stat line, you're going to be looking good. Yep. Um, next man, Roheem Mostert. Only, guys are, only reason we're talking about this guy is because Tevin Coleman busted up his ankle. They say the last, one, last report I saw was Tevin Coleman will be out for two weeks. Um, but Mostert was definitely the guy who took the, um, his percentage of the carries. He's owned in less than 1% of a uh, league, so he should be readily available in all leagues. Um, 29% of the time he was on the field. Coleman was on the field, though, 26%. Um, the rest of the time it was Mr. Matt Breida eating up those uh, carries. So I assume that since Coleman played most of the, or most of the first half that – uh, Mozart will just jump into that role. Um, he looked pretty good. He had nine rushes for 40 yards, uh, one reception for zero yards. So um, that's a pretty decent offense if you were watching that game. I know it wasn't a very, against a very great defense, but um, they definitely – Shanahan wants to get the running backs involved. And uh, I think Mozart, he's a guy that I would, uh, again, kind of like uh, that Ronald Jones play or if you're a Tevin Coleman owner and you needed that running back, um, you might target Mozart. Um, I would still stash him, especially um, if there's no one, you know, no, not getting much interest in your league and you're in a deeper league. I would, I would throw him on my bench, see what, see what comes of him. Uh, I like Raheem Mostert. The thing with Tevin Coleman is it's a high ankle sprain. I know they're saying he's only supposed to be out a couple weeks, but we know how those things can linger. And um, they're going to want him for the long haul. So they might, they might rest him even longer than that just to get him healthy he looked great in the limited carries that he has. Um, once again, if you're in one of those leagues that is you're you're just hungry for a running back, go pick him up. 
I don't think he's the answer as a long-term starter, though. But in the meantime, he might hold you by while you're waiting for someone that has an injury or someone just to get you into the later half of the season. All right, moving on to um, my last running back that I had on the list uh, was Chris Thompson. Yeah, that pesky Chris Thompson, still fantasy relevant. Um, he's 18.9% owned. Now that Geis is gone and they said they were going to run the whole offense through Geis, uh, Chris Thompson has some relevance. He was on the field 64% of the time. That led all running backs. Uh, he had three rushes for 10 yards, but that's not where he makes his bread. He had 10 targets for seven receptions and 68 yards. He did not score a touchdown, but it's a solid day of production, um, especially in half-point leagues or full point. Uh, I would stay completely away from him if you're in any type of like standard league that doesn't reward points per reception. But if you're in a league that does reward, reward you for points per reception, this could be a guy that you could throw, you know, maybe as a flex starter or um, a running back that can get you by. Uh, again, this is very rough waiver wires for running backs, but um, so Chris Thompson is on here. So, uh, Jimmy, what's your thoughts on my boy, CT? CT, like you said, still relevant, often overlooked. Uh, Redskins offense against a stout front seven Eagles defense uh, looked really efficient. Case Keenum looked really efficient. Um, with uh, Geis going down and AP starting, uh, he, Chris Thompson is definitely going to be uh, third down back. Look for him to come out of the backfield and get a decent amount of uh, receptions. And, uh, yeah, if you need a fringe starter or you're looking like a Tariq Cohen type of start where it's going to be six or seven receptions for a decent amount of yards, you need to grab Chris Thompson. Yeah, doggy. Uh, so all these running backs, there isn't one that I'm really, really heavily after. Adrian Peterson might be the only one that I could probably like lean on and rely than maybe Ronald Jones. So again, these guys are uh, stash guys. Don't be dropping everyone on your team for these type of guys. Moving on to wide receiver. Uh, first wide receiver. Oh, well, wide receiver was a huge position this week for like guys who are not on anybody's squad. There was so many wide receivers went off and that tends to happen in fantasy football week ones. Um, but just take that all with a grain of salt because it usually happens every, every year, first week of the season, there's big plays, big wide receivers, quarterbacks go off and people overreact. Don't overreact. Trust the process. You did all this research for a reason. Um, I'm not saying don't go out and get these guys, but don't sell the farm for them. Don't give up a guy that you've researched and, and heavily invested into. Um, just be smart about it all. So the first guy I got on here is uh, Mr. John Brown. Now this guy, he's owned on 35.3% of the teams. Um, I mean, leads. He, had, he was on the field 86% of the time. He had 10 targets, turned into seven receptions for 123 yards and one touchdown. Uh, it was a big day over in Buffalo for John Brown. He is the clear wide receiver number one. Um, it was murky. I kind of tried to stay away from this during draft day just because Zay Jones is over there. They got a little Beasley over there, um, John Brown. So it was just 
Robert Froster from last year. I mean, it's just super murky. I didn't know what was going to happen, and I just wasn't really confident in Josh Allen. But now, John Brown, he's emerged. He's the dude. He looks like um, everything everyone expected him to be. Um, really good upside with the long touchdowns. I, I would uh, put a pretty – if I had the number one waiver, I would throw it on John Brown right now. Um, I would throw some heavy fab at him as well. I probably will be in some of my leagues. Um, he's just – he's on the field. He's going to get the targets. He's going to get the receptions and, and the big playability. I mean, you have anything to add to that, James? Do you feel differently about John Brown or – Um, I don't necessarily have anything bad to say about John Brown necessarily. I mean, he's a veteran wide receiver. I mean, he's been drafted the last – however long he's been in the league. He's been – He's been drafted in all fantasy drafts. Yeah, he had trouble with Cardinal, right? And then he went to the Ravens last year, and then now over here. I mean, hopefully this first game is is just the beginning of more to come. I mean, this is what we've all been wishing for and hoping for. Like Nate said, there's Cole Beasley over there who's going to be a target monster. Zay Jones, who knew if he was going to emerge in his second year. It is the first game of the season. The Bills' offense does kind of scare me. Um I don't know. With all these wide receivers, like Nate, you said in the beginning, take it with a grain of salt. You put a lot of time and effort into researching. I do. I mean, everyone that we're going to mention deserves a pickup in some league because there's going to be guys that missed or just flat out. You didn't do any research and you don't know how to draft. And uh, a, a guy like this, number one wide receiver in the Bills offense, anytime someone's a number one target in the offense. I mean, he he had he said it 10 targets. You want target monsters because that's going to turn into production. And if he can keep his targets up, this might be a hidden hidden gem that no one saw coming. Yes, sir. Uh, Moving on to the Bengals wide receiver, John Ross, the boss, the speedster, fastest man to ever run in the combine. Is that right? He's still the fastest man, right? Except Chris Johnson says he's not. Uh, fastest man fastest man ever and he did it wearing a pair of adidas <laughs> uh, <laughs> suck so, it nike there you go um percentage own only in 4.8 percent of all leagues uh he was on the field this is what i love about this he was on the field 82 percent of the time he led all receivers that's including tyler boyd he had 12 seven receptions turned those into 158 yards and two touchdowns this is completely out of nowhere i would have uh maybe stashed him on a, a super deep league but last year's production um what he was on the field he seemed like a non-factor but this week he was a huge factor for this team uh, only thing i i mean i don't really like i don't like andy dalton but otherwise it seems like with the 12 targets seven receptions two touchdowns monster game just a ton of upside. He's going to be on the field all the time, 82% of the time. I don't see a downside to putting in a high waiver priority on this guy or throwing some serious fab bucks at him if you need a wide receiver and you missed on some of these guys. Um, John Ross, the boss. I mean, this is my guy right here. James, how about it? John Ross, the boss. The thing that's going for him is, uh, well, all the reports that I read in the offseason – um, he was working out with Deshaun Jackson the last couple of years, trying to learn how to use that speed. A lot of guys that are fast doesn't necessarily mean it translates to the football field. He worked with Deshaun Jackson 
last couple of off seasons is try to learn how to really hone that speed and use it on the, on the football field and get football speed. Um, man, he, he's been a disappointment and who saw this coming? Nobody saw this coming. No one expected John Ross, the boss to come out and straight blaze it the first game. I mean, target monster, 12 targets, seven receptions, 158 yards and two TDs. It's sickening. Um, Hopefully he can keep this production up. Hopefully you take a swing at him and this guy ends up being a home run um, with AJ green going to be missing a good portion of uh, the season. If John Ross can keep it up, forget about AJ green. He's going to ride the bench while this guy plays. Um, He's, he's worth taking a swing. Maybe you hit a single, maybe you hit a home run. Maybe you strike out. Great analogy. (laughs) So, (laughs) We're moving on to uh, the – this is kind of my last guy that I'm really kind of high on and would take some uh, fab budget or like a number one priority, and this is Terry McLaurin. Um, he's from the Washington Redskins. He's owned in 7.3% of the leagues. Um, he was on the field a ridiculous 93% of the time. Seven targets, five receptions, 125 yards, and a touchdown. Now, he's – my third one on here, even though he was on the field 93% of the time, because he's on the Washington Redskins, I'm not super hyped about any guy on the Washington Redskins, even though um, there's at least like five guys on my on this list that are Redskins. It's just because they were underdrafted um, in most leagues. But he kind of came out of nowhere as well. Rookie wide receiver. Uh, I believe he was drafted in the third round. Um, good game. S- seems to have some sort of connection with Case Keenum. Um, don't know a ton about this guy, but just by the production and how often he was on the field, um, I feel pretty comfortable taking him, um, stashing him on my bench, throwing him in maybe a flex position, maybe moving into a wide receiver three, wide receiver two situation. I don't know. Um, you got any, got any deets on, uh, your fellow NFC East boy? Actually, I, actually I do. First of all, whose name is Terry? Come on, man. <laughs> Terry, one of the worst names ever. Just kidding. Terry, Glenn. Terry. Terry Glenn. Uh, uh, except for Terry Glenn. Um, actually, so I'm one, of, I'm, I'm one of those dudes that check all of the stats during the preseason, trying to find an edge, trying to find somebody that's standing out, the blinking light that's saying, come and get me. He flashed all of preseason. I know that's not saying much. It's preseason. But still, I, I seen him. I recognized him. Doesn't mean there was any way in hell I was taking him because there was not. Didn't mention him. I didn't talk about him. But I did recognize that he was flashing in preseason. Um, This could be a sign of more to come. Um, I can see the consistency from preseason to week one. I just do not believe in Case Keenum whatsoever. Or the Redskins, you have AP trying to to run the ball behind a a battered um, offensive line. Um, He's going to be forced to pass. Um, and I just don't see the quarterback for the Redskins um, keeping that efficiency from week to week. I just can't see it happening. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's why he's third on here. But, I mean, you can't you can't just completely fade a dude who was on the field 93% of the time, got seven targets, 125 yards, and a touchdown. You just can't. But... Nine, nine Trey. I'm also being a hater. He's yeah. a Redskin. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on. Now, these next three guys are, I mean, they're really going to be hard for a lot of people not to just go out and target. Well, maybe at least the next two guys for sure. 
um, and just grab these guys and spend way too much on them. But I'm going to caution everyone. Um, I really like these next three guys. I really think that they should have some sort of position in every league. They should be rostered on every league, but only in situations where you have a good spot on your bench. It's uh, and you can, the rest of your lineup is pretty strong and you can maybe wait these guys out to see what's going to happen. Um, first one is Marquise Brown. That guy balled out. Um, he's, com- he's currently owned in 28.2% of leagues. He was only on the field 18% of the time. That was 14 snaps. That's terrible. You never want to take a guy who's only on the field 18% of the time. Well, could it be that he's going to get some more snaps now that he, uh, you know, had such a great game? Yeah, sure. Um, he could get more, but I don't see, I mean, even a double at 36% of the snaps, not a guy I'm buying in on. He had five targets, four receptions, turned that into 147 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, it's just amazing. But I have a couple bad, uh, more bad things about him. He was playing the Miami Dolphins. That is a garbage fire over there. And Secondly, I don't see Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens game scripting like that every week. They're not coming in every week and looking to throw the ball. They like to run the rock, um, run it down people's throat, and win games that way. So I think he's going to get game scripted out of a lot of games. He's going to have these big plays, and he's going to have these boomer bust games. But personally, I'm kind of staying away from Marquise Brown. Uh, James, what do you think about the speedster over in Baltimore? Um, I believe he's Antonio Brown's cousin. It is. It's Marquise Hollywood Brown. Man, this guy, he's got the bloodline. Um, This is the thing. You have to be very cautious with this guy. He was coming back from an injury, um, so didn't see a lot of them in the preseason. Um, It's scary because he only had five targets. Like Nate said, he only played in 18% of, of all the snaps. If you take a swing, you're praying to God that they're slowly working him in into the offense, making sure that he's healthy, trying not to overdo him, and uh, that his targets are going to go up. That was just way too efficient of a game. That is not how a game is normally played. The Ravens completely dominated him. That's the other other coin, other side of the coin you could look at. Maybe they spread the ball so good and dominated so much they didn't have to play him as much, but. If I had to take an educated guess, you got to go with the guys that are on the field more, that are receiving more of the targets. That's what's going to equal production. Right now, you're taking a stab into the dark and just hoping that something becomes of this guy. Truth. All right, moving on to A.J. Brown, another Brown, but a different Brown. This is A.J. Brown uh, from the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Dude looked like a little man beast. He's owned it currently in only 5.2% of leagues. He was on the field 43% of the time. He caught, uh, or he had four receptions for three catches. Sorry, he had four targets for three receptions and 100 yards. No touchdowns. Solid day of work for the rookie. But I'm not touching this guy either. I don't like the 43% of the time on the field. I don't like his quarterback. I just don't like the situation at all. I'm kind of staying away from A.J. Brown. I've already seen a top-tier wide receiver just die over there. So what makes A.J. Brown any different? Uh, I don't think that that's their game script is to throw the ball very much. So a guy that's on the field 43% of the time is not very attractive to me. Jimmy, A.J. Brown, 
Is he going to be on any of your rosters? Are you throwing some dollars at him? I am not going to touch this dude with a 10-foot pole. The Titans' game plan and what they want to do is run the ball. Derrick Henry, once again, he was hurt all, all preseason. They're going to slowly working back into the game plan. When he gets back up to full health, uh, he's going to get the heavy doses of the carries. That's what they want to do, play defense, run the ball. There's no predicting. There's no rhyme or reason to their wide receivers or their tight ends. I don't trust the quarterback. I don't trust the offense. Not touching this dude. Cool. And the last wide receiver I got for you is DJ Chart. He was a monster. He had. He's currently owned 11.3% of the leagues. Um, he, he was on the field 71% of the time. There was three Jacksonville wide receivers, though, that all cracked that 70 mark. Um, he had four targets, four, turned into four receptions for 146 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the big one came, though, unfortunately, when Nick Foles broke his clavicle, throwing that big bomb touchdown. I don't know. I didn't break it down to see who actually targeted more. Was it the rookie quarterback or Nick Foles? I don't know what happened after Nick Foles left, if where he got his targets. But I I don't I think he was just incredibly efficient. He had a really good game. He got open. And this one, this is gonna be some fool's gold right here to go to after DJ Chark. A lot of people are buying into him. I've heard a lot about people saying that he's the dude, but everyone was hyping up DD Westbrook before the season. I still think he's probably the man over there. And why would I be going after a guy who has a rookie backup quarterback coming in? To, uh, start. That's not a guy I'm trying to target. I'm not thinking he's the uh, second coming of Tom Brady. Uh, so, nah. Staying away from this dude. James, will you have I'll any shares go. of Mr. Chark? I, I've got one reason and one reason. I'm not going to take this dude, and you already said it. Rookie quarterback. It's very hard for a rookie quarterback to come in and have much success. You have to be surrounded by more talent, talent, more talented running back, more talented wide receiver core. Uh, people that were believing that D.D. Westbrook was the number one wide receiver, uh, he still wasn't getting took in until really late in drafts. So why blow a roster spot unless your roster is absolute garbage or you're a Jacksonville Jaguar fan? <laughs> yep. I mean, I could see it if you just have like – one spot you're pretty locked in and you want to take a swing on him because no one picked him up in your league then yeah go for him um same with aj brown and marquise brown i'm higher on those two uh just because of the draft pedigree but yeah chart he can he can stay away um now we're going to move on to the tight ends and this is where it gets incredibly interesting um first man on my list is tj hawkinson if you guys did not see this man blow up uh, he had an absolute monster game. I really thought highly of him prior to the draft, but I was like, I was trying to target a lot of these high-end tight ends, so I didn't really go after a second tight end. So Hawkinson's unfortunately not on any of my rosters, uh, which is very unfortunate. He's currently owned in 30% of leagues. His percentage of the time on the field was 73% of all snaps. He got targeted nine times by Matthew Safford. Turned that into six receptions for 131 yards and a touchdown. The man was a beast. He's big. He's fast. Uh, I think they even nicknamed him Baby Gronk. Um, I want some of this. I just don't know. I know he's rostered um, in a lot of my leagues already, but um, some of these other leagues you may be able to get him. If so, 
um, probably worth like your number one waiver priority. I might even use it over, depending on your team. I mean, it honestly depends on your team, but over some of these wide receivers I, I mentioned or the running backs I mentioned, he could be that big. Um, but again, it is only week one. I try and temper my expectations, but he just looked really great. Jimmy, what do you think about Hawkinson? Hawkinson, like I mentioned before with Terry, TJ was someone that was a blinking light going off in the preseason. I'm only in two fantasy football leagues this year. I was lucky enough to draft him in me and Nate's league. Um, I seen this coming from him. Uh, Guy had an absolute monster game. He was the first tight end drafted in this uh, 2019 NFL draft. If you have a chance to grab this guy, this guy is a straight animal, baby Gronk. Go get this dude. Eight. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, these next two guys are not TJ Hawkinson, but they still are going to hold some value. I'm not burning waiver priorities, and I'm not suggesting for people to be burning their high-end waiver priorities on these guys. But if you are one of these guys who likes to stick a second tight end on your roster or – uh, you just don't have a tight end and you want a good matchup. Uh, this next guy is very good. Jimmy Graham, he's owned – he barely made the list. He's owned in 47% of leagues. He was on the field 55% of the time. He got six targets from Aaron Rodgers, turned those into three receptions for 30 yards and a touchdown. Not a great day, but it's good enough for a tight end. Uh, if you can get a tight end who's going to get targets in the red zone, which Graham did um, in a high-profile offense – I would be targeting them for week-to-week flyers. So, yeah, Jimmy Graham, James, Jimmy Graham, Jimmy, Jimmy. Jimmy, Teddy Graham. If he can just score one touchdown and get one reception for 10 yards every week, like Nate said, uh, well. He's worth the roster spot. Three receptions, 30 yards, a touchdown. He's definitely worth it. If you need a second tight end, I'm not betting my life on him. He's old veteran. He's the wily vet. Um, if you need, if you need a tight end, go grab him. The only, I mean, the only bad thing is I'm hoping that he doesn't get that because uh, I, I would rather see Devonte Adams production, but, uh, and that's where Devonte Adams bread and butter came was in the red zone last year. So, uh, but maybe not, maybe, uh, Jimmy Graham's the new deal over there and he's going to be scoring 16 touchdowns. So we'll nice see. Re- he had a nice rebound. <laughs> uh, next one is the. This, okay, this is incredibly funny to me, but Vernon Davis, this is the next guy on my list. Uh, so I was on the ESPN thing checking uh, his percentage owned. He's only owned in 0.06% of all leagues, which wasn't the funny part to me. The funny part to me is how does this dude not have a picture on the ESPN website? There's no picture. It's like a rookie. Like the guy is, he's been in the league for like 17 years. I don't understand how they couldn't get a picture of him, but they do not have a picture of Vernon Davis. Uh, when I looked tonight, he was on the field 82% of the time because the tight end in Washington was busted up again. As always, I don't think he can ever stay on the field. Uh, he had seven targets turned into four receptions for 59 yards and a touchdown. Vernon Davis looked very good. Definitely worth the roster spot. If you like two tight ends, if you need a flyer this week, go after him. Uh, I wouldn't be burning some waiver priority on him. I wouldn't be throwing those fab bucks, but uh, if you need a guy, wait for Vernon Davis, go grab him. James, anything to add about Vernon Davis? Can I just say, when in the hell is this, gonna, this guy going to die? I mean, 
Did argue. you see that play? Did you see yeah, the play oh. where he like jumped over the dude? Dude, I mean, talk about one of I I mean one of the most underrated athletes I think of his time, maybe for sure. ever, for, for sure. ever. The dude just will not die. He just does not quit. Every single year, he's like, oh, Vernon Davis. Every <laughs> single year, he just does something crazy, and you just see that quickness, that agility. Dude's just a natural-born athlete. I mean, once again, plays for the Redskins. Don't believe in the quarterback. Don't believe he's going to be that efficient. But still, I think even with that being said, if they can get the ball into Vernon Davis's hand, he could take it to the house at any time. He does it every year. Yes, sir. Kind of like that old Delaney Walker, too. Somehow just farting around. Can uh, I, give a, I want to give a quick shout-out to CJ. He's been crying about this Waller on the Raiders. If you watch the game tonight, I, I don't I, – the last time I saw the stats, he had seven receptions for 70 yards. That's a good amount of targets. It's a good amount of yardage. No touchdown. But uh, CJ, you've been talking about this, dude, so I'll give you that. And I just wanted to throw him in there if you're looking for a tight end. Yeah, I think his uh, percentage went up over actually the 50% mark. That's why he didn't make this list even prior to the the game starting tonight. He got a lot of hype after Antonio Brown left the the Raiders. It's it's not even that. It's all the Raider little legions. They think they're just the, <laughs> the best of the Raiders. So, you know, all these people that own them are probably actually Raider fans. Probably. Uh, do you have any other guys to add to the list that maybe I was uh, – I missed? No, Nate. I think you did a really good job. The research was great, especially when it came to the percentage on the field and the amount of targets that you talked about. I mean, that's what you're really looking for. The, th- those guys are going to be the for sure things that you're going to want to go after, the guys with the – the least amount on the field with the very efficient targets, like the four receptions for the hundred something yards. Those are your more riskier plays. Just be smart. Like Nate said, don't give up somebody that had a bad week one. It's week one of the season. It's going to take two or three or maybe even four weeks to get in the groove of the game. Just be smart. Make wise decisions. If you're desperate, try to hit home run. Boom, baby. I have a couple guys that I just want to throw out here that are guys that, may look attractive to go pick up, but I would advise against. Um, first one, Malcolm Brown for the uh, L.A. Rams. Uh, he had a really good day, and he's only owned in 6.5% of all leagues, so it seems like, hey, I'm going to go get Malcolm Brown. He scored two touchdowns. He was only on the field 27.5% of the time. I still think this is Gurley's backfield. He was just fortunate enough to be on the field to get those touchdowns. I don't think there's any way, shape, or form that he is going to be the goal line back for that team. So I would still stick with Gurley. I would stay away from Malcolm Brown. Save your waiver. Save your fab bucks. Another one is Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson was is was owned in 40.4% of the leagues. He got some he got he was only on the field 25% of the time. I think that is now Austin Eckler's backfield uh, to lose. And Justin Jackson will be in and out of it, but um, definitely Eckler's. Um, another guy, Danny Amendola. He got some splashes over there in Detroit, but there's just too many mouths to feed, and he's not gonna he's not gonna continue that. I I can't see that happening. Um, and then Trey Quinn, Trey Quinn, another Washington wide receiver, got a late touchdown. That won't happen every week. Stay away from that dude as well. Uh, remember though, there's gonna be dudes that are gonna get that are gonna get crazy dropping people. So it's like after waiver wire Wednesday, check. Check what hit the uh, hit the waiver wire 
because you're going to have like a whole new crop of great players that people actually drafted that are dropping for some of this trash that, um, that I just mentioned. So swoop those guys up, throw them onto your rosters. They're overreacting. It happens every single year, and you can usually get some pretty solid players off of the waiver that way. Hell yeah. Well, thank you all for joining us. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time out of your day to listen to a couple of uh, idiots talk about fantasy football and beer. Follow us on Instagram. We throw some pretty uh, hot takes. I threw a Mark Ingram take in this week that was pretty solid. So uh, we also have some, just some stats we throw up. So follow us at Fantasy on Tap. James, take it home. Just want to thank everybody for taking your time out to listen to these two knuckleheads that just love fantasy football, love talking football, and love all the people out there that play fantasy as well. Please like, share, ask us questions, give us feedback. Tell your mom about us. Tell your grandma about us. Send us some love.